The Oat-So-Simple Brewing Trial Hello, my name is Jeanette Sutherland. In the past, we have made podcasts about growing crops on a small-scale, crop scale. Today, I'm delighted to interview Richie Walsh to learn more about how heritage grains can be grown and made into a myriad of beers. I am no beer expert, as becomes clear during the interview. However, I am excited to think about the benefits that could be brought to crofting communities and wildlife if we could open more routes to market for heritage grains grown on crofts. Hi Richie, can you tell us a little bit about the Oats So Simple Brewing Trial and your involvement in it? Yeah, so in my capacity as the Scottish coordinator for the Seed Sovereignty Programme, I was contacted last April by a crofter on the Isle of Lismore asking if I knew anyone malting on a small scale. A crofter, like many crofters who are growing grain on a small scale, is waiting for the launch of our human scale de-huller, which we hope to launch at our seed gathering on the 23rd, 24th of October. The smallest scale maltsters that I'm aware of are the crafty maltsters in Fife, who have a four-ton malting setup. This is still too large for many crofters' needs. So I came up with the idea of running a raw oat brewing trial with the help of my brewing club, Scottish Craft Brewers. So we got 30 kilos of raw oats from the Isle of Lismore delivered to Glasgow, and then we sent out two kilos each to 15 brewers. And the challenge was to brew a beer with at least 10% of the recipe using the raw oats. And the idea then that we would meet up in person and judge the beers, everyone but our own, and kind of have it as like a little mini club competition. Two of the brewers saw a loophole in the rules that we laid out and still managed to use 10%, but each brewed two beers. So we had 17 beers brewed by uh, 15 brewers uh, that we got together at Ride Brewing in Glasgow in August, uh, luckily just after COVID uh, guidelines allowed, and had the tasting there. Fantastic. And so what did the products taste like compared to normal ale since it was using oats? I'd question what is a normal ale. It's, if you look around the world at all the different amazing uh, ales, there's hun- literally <laughs> hundreds of different styles. But I suppose I could talk about what oats bring to a recipe. I suppose what's become very popular in the last couple of years is a beer style called New England IPA. Uh, they started about seven or eight years ago in Vermont uh, with a brewery called The Alchemist and their beer Heady Topper. And from there, it's kind of become one of the most popular styles with many breweries having at least one New England IPA. So what the oats bring to a New England IPA is a very hazy appearance. They use a huge amount of oats, usually over 20%. Um, So there's been many discussions on online forums and within brewing clubs on whether using raw oats or rolled oats and malted oats is best to achieve the haze. One thing's for sure that it's just such a fantastic ingredient for doing that. Now, in the past, people would have looked in before the craft beer boom, been looking for crystal clear lager. And times are really changing. New England IPA has really shown that customers aren't really looking for crisply clean uh, beer that tastes almost like nothing, but they're looking for that amazing flavors and kind of different things in their beers. But um, traditionally, oats have been used in oatmeal stouts. And that style of beer has been around for over 100 years at least. And in an oatmeal stout, they give a silky mouthfeel to it and also if done right a head that doesn't dissipate until your very last sip of your pint 
So all the beers entered were of extremely high quality. Some of them were New England IPAs and some of them were stouts, but all of them kind of exhibited that silky mouthfeel and people that use more than 10%, I'd say, also had that cloudiness brought to it. So there was some interesting beers entered as well. There was uh, a fruit pale ale, a Kranachan pale ale. So Kranachan being, of course, the Scottish dessert using raspberries, cream, and whiskey. They, of course, didn't add cream, oh, yeah. but used a bit of lactose to emulate it. Someone else made a, a breakfast beer using a lot of the oats, but they also mashed in making the beer Weetabix and Cocoa Pops into it, making a very interesting beer. Uh, also, we were all introduced by one of the brewers to a oh, now extinct beer style called Kot Kotzbusser from Germany, which uh, in the past, the Reinheitsgebot in Germany forbid making beer from anything except for barley, wheat and hops. It's before they knew about yeast, they've added yeast to it now. Uh, but Kotbusser was a traditional style of beer back then, which used oats and molasses. There was such a range of different beers, it's hard to say what, what they tasted like to pin it down because there were so many different entries, but they're all of a really high standard. Even the beer that scored lowest, which was the newest brewer to the club, he brewed a New England IPA, and it was still better than some New England IPAs that I've paid five, six pounds for in a pub. I would say the really high standard and the oats definitely brought something to all those beers. Well, I must apologize for my question, maybe using the word normal. My my knowledge of craft ales is not as good as my knowledge of crofting. So I'm so glad that we're interviewing yeah. you and not the other way around today. So I, I was really interested when I read about your trial with the oats, because, you know, we normally think of barley as a crop to use. But in the crofting areas where, where I work, a lot of the soil pH is lower and oats actually grow better. So if listeners are inspired by hearing about your trial, what advice would you give them to think about exploring growing oats for beer rather than animal feed, as maybe is quite common at the moment? None of the beers brewed for this competition used 100% oats. It is possible to make a beer using 100% oats, but it'd be a kind of a sticky mess and a lot of hassle. But it, it was traditionally done in the past. Barley is a fantastic ingredient because of what's known as diastic power. All grains have a diastic power, and that is the ability of, in the mash, as we call it, for the starches to be converted into sugars. And that's what we do in the brewing process. Oats have a much lower diastic power than barley. So having barley as the main part, and as I said, the challenge was to use at least 10% of the grain bill using oats. But with the real interest of New England IPAs, and indeed looking at historical and heritage varieties and things that add to beer becoming so much more popular, I think that we can really create a route to market for crofters, especially growing heritage oat on poor soils perhaps uh, in the highlands and islands um, where they might struggle. I can't really talk about that without mentioning bear barley, which of course a lot of crofters in Scotland are very interested in, and that's a historical heritage barley that has been grown in Scotland for uh, a long, long time. And Dr. Joanne Russell from the James Hutton Institute has been doing fantastic work and trials by trialing different bear from different places in Scotland on different soil types. There's some great work coming out from that, including showing like the Orkney bear, how it performs in very poor waterlogged, poor pH soils compared to bear from Uist or something like this. It's definitely an exciting possible route to market that I'd love to work with crofters with in order to do that with oats, but also with bear barley and perhaps other historical grains. 
no that's that's fantastic and uh, there'll be a lot of our clients and listeners that w- will be growing bare barley as well so it's great to hear about that there's products that could use a, mm-hmm. a mixture to make unique beer products. Yeah, I suppose the, the bottleneck at the moment for really getting those products so, to market is that we don't have a small scale malting. As I mentioned before, the crafty malsters are four ton, which is too large. It, it, a lot of crafters will grow a small amount of bear for the love of it rather than, you know, to get that to market. So if there is anyone out there doing small scale malting, please do get in touch with me. I'd love to talk to you if we could malt a ton of bare barley and use that for another brewing trial with Scottish craft brewers. That'd be very exciting. Uh, I know a lot of brewers that are really keen to try it out as an ingredient. Unlike the oats, it would be something that will be best malted. We'd get the raw barley is rarely used in recipes. Uh, unfortunately, and ready to get, as I talked about earlier, that diastic power, you really have to malt it. So, and the other thing that we've talked about in other podcasts where we've talked about growing arable crops on a small scale, like crofting, is that often it can be a struggle to get machinery at the right scale. From growing the crop to making it into the beer, what machinery requirements do you have? You you need to thresh and you need to winnow. Threshing machines, there's plenty around the crops. Something that the Seed Sovereignty Programme has been supporting the last year, and we hope to launch at our seed gathering is a small scale oat dehuller. Now for brewing, you don't need to dehull. The hull is actually very important and forms a filter in your mash. But if you want to be bringing your oats to edible market and not brewing market, then they need to be dehulled. So we've had someone researching, going to the various agricultural museums around Scotland and looking at the old school human scale dehulling machines. And they're building a modern version that hopefully we can launch and we can share the plans of that, but we hopefully get a couple at different locations throughout Scotland. But we'll start off with one, and we're very excited to be launching that this October. Otherwise, yeah, in order to get the grain in, it needs to be threshed and it needs to be winnowed, which there is uh, some pretty low-tech and uh, low-cost options out there for crofters. Fantastic. And indeed, as, as, a lot, as you know, a lot of crofters are working together with other crofters, especially in the highlands and islands. So it's not like every crofter will need to treasure. You kind of need a treasure on your island or in your area. And then crofters are more than willing to share in the work of harvest and share in the work of treshing and machinery. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. No, that's tremendous. The loss of small areas of cropping in the highlands and islands has been bad for wildlife. We've lost, for example, populations of yellow hammers and corn bunting. So... If this kind of work was able to turn the tide and increase the amount of crops grown, do you think we'd be able to say that our drinking beer was going to be good for wildlife? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think like most crofters anyway are farming with nature in mind. I would love to see crofters growing heritage grains for the beer market. And crofters are small scale farmers. They, they, they love the nature around them. And if, if that could be a profitable thing to do, maybe it'd be encouraging for the next generation of crofters to start more crops. And crops, as we know, are so much less intensive than monoculture tractor farming. And crofters will have wildlife areas. They will have the wildflowers in their field margins. They will have trees. They'll encourage all these things that monoculture farming is really destroying, unfortunately. So I'd love to see a profitable route to market of crofters growing small scale grains that we can malt 
and can be bought then by breweries and brewers that crofters could then start to make money from it and it'd be encouraging for more people to take up crofting rather than less, which has been the situation the last few decades, unfortunately. From the consumer's side of the, the equation, do you think there's a market like a, for more niche locally made drinks using oh, this heritage? Absolutely grapes? there is. The, the craft beer boom is far from over. There's new small breweries opening up all over Scotland still. I'd love to see a world, and I think that we are getting there, that almost every small village in Scotland would have its own brewery. And if they start using bare barley and heritage oats, uh, heritage rye, heritage wheat, these kind of things, and market it that way, I think it's something that definitely the customer base would be very happy and wanting to try. That's great. Now, we've already talked about how crofters, there's a strong tradition uh, and an ongoing living tradition of working together and collaborating. Do you think that there'll be a way for, in the future, if we can find these routes for markets, for way to crofters to link up and collaborate with small brewers? Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of one of my missions for the year ahead for 2022. The winner of the Oso Simple Brewing Trial, the person that won gold, is going to get to brew their recipe at Ride Brewing, and that's going to be released as a commercial beer. And hopefully other breweries will take note when they taste that fantastic beer using heritage oats from the Isle of Lismore. But that was with 15 brewers. That was kind of a trial run. What I'd love to do, if we can malt on a larger scale and get, for example, some bare barley, is do a, a larger brewing trial with, I don't know, 50 or 100 brewers. And the winner of that hopefully will get to brew their recipe on a commercial setup and we get that out there. And I think the more that we do these kind of things, connecting, first of all, crofters with the brewing club, Scottish craft brewers, but throughout the UK and Ireland, I'd like to connect brewing clubs with small scale agroecological farmers in order to run similar trials. And I think other breweries will take note when there's bare beer released or a Welsh black oat oatmeal stout released in Wales and things like this. I think other craft breweries will be looking around saying, oh, what are these brains? These are fantastic beers that these people are bringing out. I'd like to get my hands on these uh, ingredients. And yeah, I'd love to create that route for market. So it's going to take some time to before it's really crofter to brewery. But I think the, the steps to get there and what I'm trying to do is create more of these brewing trials uh, with brewing clubs. And then the breweries will take notice. Yeah. That's fantastic. So that's a great mission that you've got for 2022. If listeners have been inspired by what they're hearing, how can they get involved, whether they're either currently growing these heritage oats themselves or if they're just wanting to dip a toe in the water and start? What would be your advice? Send me an email, richie at gaianet.org. That's R-I-C-H-I-E at gaianet.org. And we'll see what we can do. As I said before, the real bottleneck is malting. So if anyone out there is malting on a small scale, even at home in their own oven or something like that, please do get in touch with me at that email address as well. Uh, that's really the bottleneck we have to overcome. If we haven't overcome it by next spring, I'm going to try to figure out building a small malting setup somewhere. But it'd be fantastic to hear if someone's already doing it on a croft. Uh, I believe there must be in Scotland. And if people wanted to, to meet fellow enthusiasts, do you have events coming yeah, up? Yeah, absolutely. If you're interested in brewing, or indeed you are brewing on your craft, we'd love to hear from you at Scottish Craft Brewers. The website is scottishcraftbrewers.org. To be honest, the Facebook page is a lot more active. So if you go onto Facebook and search for Scottish Craft Brewers, 
you'll find us. And there's monthly now in-person meetups in Edinburgh at the Hanging Bat. And uh, for people not based around Edinburgh, we also do monthly online Zoom tastings and get-togethers. So check out the Facebook page for that. Scottish Craft Brewers also has, we're having our second competition, national competition, which entries are going live in a couple of weeks, I think. But if you go onto the Facebook page, you'll find more information about that. If you are brewing and you haven't been connected with Scottish Craft Brewers or the brewing community at large, we'd love to hear from you and love for you to be involved. We'd also, of course, love to taste the beer that you're producing. While I'm here, I suppose I'll also plug uh, the Scotland Seed Sovereignty Facebook page and on tw- Twitter and on Instagram, we're at Scott Seed Sov. So if you want to give us a follow there and see what we're up to, that'd be great. That's excellent. So there's loads of resources and we'll put that all in with the notes that go along with the podcast. So if you're involved in any of the stages that Richie's mentioned, do make sure that you you get involved because it sounds a a very exciting future. Well, thank you very much for all your time today, Richie, and hope we can keep involved and see this vision of wildlife friendly beer getting pushed out throughout the Crofton counties and wish you all the best for all the the future things. Thank you very much. much. Thanks for having me. Bye bye.